Gymnastics Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastics books the best of San Francisco and beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastics deep in the Mission District where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak ceiling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. It's 6 o'clock, it's Monday, it's time for the Joke Workshop here on MutinyRadio.fm. Hooray! I'm your host, Pam Benjamin, and we're bringing you super fun comics from all over San Francisco and the Bay Area and beyond, and farther, and further, and past that signpost, look further. Uh, The way that Joke Workshop works is that everyone in the audience is part of the show. People are going to do four-minute sets at three minutes. You'll hear the horn... That means you have a minute. It doesn't mean you have to wrap it up. It just means you have a minute. So if you are a new comedian, you get to learn what a minute feels like. Isn't that fun? Yay, we're learning. It's so good. Uh, So what we do is four-minute sets, and they're followed by four minutes of critique by the comedian peers in the room. People take notes. The more you pay attention in the audience, the better this show goes. Uh, Please, that's how it works. Just pay attention to those comedians. Take notes if you can, and then be as constructive as you can. Remember, if you're going to feed someone a shit sandwich, make the bread taste good. So a nice, fluffy, toasted brioche bun on top. Maybe a little bit of mayonnaise. You put that shit in the middle and a little toasted bun on the bottom. Maybe a little lettuce. I don't know what you're adding to that, but be nice, because that's what we do here at Mutant radio.fm we're trying to encourage people and be kind but that being said be honest don't like blow smoke up anybody's ass unless it's pot smoke can you get high off of breathing pot smoke up someone's ass if i breathe it into my cat's ears he gets high anyway we're getting off topic we're gonna get started tonight your first comedian runs a bunch of great shows around town and over in oakland as well uh if you don't know him you should he uh, runs Delirium. I don't know if it goes tonight, but probably. Usually it does go tonight, 8 o'clock to 10. Great comedians, great bar. Right now, enjoy the jokes. Take notes, everybody. Be cool. It's Whirl Kaufman. I hear criticism, but I don't listen to it. You could ask my ex-wives or my mother. People want to be like Steph Curry. So I could see why you would shop, like you would eat at a restaurant that was like a curry restaurant. Because you're like, I want to eat what Steph Curry eats. But I don't think it's on the menu. I mean, I do want to eat Aisha Curry's pussy, but I'm just saying... Pretty sure it's not on there. Kanye said slavery was a choice. Pretty sure slavery was a lot of choices made by like a whole lot of people. A lot of white people choices. 
involved in slavery. I've recently been shamed multiple times by the manager, the middle-aged manager of a burger joint. So that's how successful we both are. (laughs) Me and that guy. I guess he wants a tip. Um, This isn't a joke, but I was in Taqueria the other day at Coyote. It was a Monday. I go there on Monday after my show. And they were playing Lil Jon, Turn Down for What? And I couldn't think of a good reason. So I started like wilding out. And I was just freak dancing my girlfriend up against the sneeze guard. And like everyone's kind of watching and everyone sort of understood. And this white girl right behind me was like, exactly, for what, what reason? Why? Why would you? I don't know. Why should he? He shouldn't. He won't. No reason at all. Some of those Ninja Turtles must be middle-aged by now. <laughs> Do you want to hear my, uh, my impression of Popeye? Yeah. Yes. Yesterday, I jerked off with olive oil. <laughs> uh, so I was at the pier uh, trying to avoid my ex-girlfriend while visiting my girlfriend and I went to take a shit because like I do that like seven and a half times a day or whatever and um, I'm very healthy and the, I was waiting because the stalls were occupied and then this like flush this Japanese man steps out like across the threshold and he has like toilet paper on his shoe so he like crosses the threshold and I like you know I'm like mm, you know and so he looks down, but as he's looking down, it like releases from his shoe and it kind of floats away. I was dreading everything until just now. Uh, and so it floats away. I'm always miserable till 5 p.m. every day. We got to start booking earlier shows. So it floats away and I like gesture down. And then so he sees it floating away and he like misunderstands what I'm telling him. So he reaches down with his hand and picks it up, kind of like throws it back inside the bathroom. And that's, I guess, the difference between American and Japanese culture, I think. Um, buttermilk is hella racist. I used to sometimes go to Popeye's. Uh, it's good to do this if you're the passenger and I'd be in the passenger seat and uh, it would be like, what do you want? And I'd be like, um, yeah, I would like some dark meat, like two pieces of dark meat. They're like, okay, and a biscuit, anything else? And I'm like, yeah, I would like some cornbread. And the the woman uh, on the other side is like, I'm sorry. And then the driver is like, uh, yes, two pieces of chicken and some cornbread. And they're like, I'm sorry, we don't have cornbread. Uh, what what else would you like? And like oh, in that case, I would just like uh, two pieces of dark meat, spicy, and some cornbread. And they're like, I'm sorry, we don't we don't have cornbread. What would you like? Oh, I'm like, oh, oh I guess I uh, just have the two pieces of chicken and some cornbread. You got to get back up there. World Goffman, yay! World Goffman, we've got microphones around. Get a microphone in your face, because people are going to say things. Get the microphone in your face. I have things. Uh, so, uh, look, Jan Shively's going to go first. Go! Yay! Hi, Warhol. Hey. I think you're a really good comic. You're kind. Uh, you're really easy to watch, and I really love how, like, when you're doing your set, it looks like you're, like, staring in the sky, just fucking totally daydreaming. 
I love that shit. I had a guy tell me uh, on Saturday, he was like, we're over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, fuck him. <laughs> uh, fuck that guy. Oh, I, that would have been one way to stop the heckling. Yeah. Just to make love to him. Yeah. Anyway, keep doing you. Oh, I, I have I have notes. Okay, I'm so sure. you did the first joke, Curry, and then your punchline was pussy. But I feel like you need to go into some Indian foods and change them into pussy names. Like Sog Paneer could be like Sog Pussy Here or like Tikka Masala. Like you got to think of like curry names, names of curry that people eat mm-hmm. and change them into pussy names and then give your pussy, then give your pussy punchline. So you'll confuse people by being like, Steph Curry, I'm eating curry. Here's the curries I'm eating. And they have pussy in the name, but they're really curry, right? So like if it was like a, you know, like a red curry or, I mean, you're right. So, okay. So you just have to think of some curries and then change them into pussy names and you can write those down in a second. Okay. Then Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles needs to be a long bit. Like, absolutely. But here's what you do. You start with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and then you do that Popeye joke as a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles like, hey, Raphael, what Michelangelo? You know what Popeye uses to jack off? Olive oil. Uh, and then they all high five. So like as middle-aged mutant ninja turtles, you tell the Popeye's joke. Okay. And then, I'm sorry, I had all these ideas from your set. And then you have a callback to Popeye's at the end, you freak. You talk about Popeye's chicken, but you had the Popeye's joke. So maybe you bring the teenage middle-aged mutant ninja turtles to Popeye's because it's the Popeye joke. And I feel like you could do a curry joke in Popeye's. Like you go into Popeye's and you ask for something curry because it went all the way around. Whoa. (laughs) <laughs> but you already mentioned Popeyes in two different con- contexts, so I was. You should link them. I'm gonna have to sit with this. <laughs> Those are my notes. All right. Also, phenomenal set. Oh, uh, starting with the. You I guys switched. That was trippy. Yeah, I thought I was back racist for a second. <laughs> but the Aisha Curry, when you're talking about performing cunnilingus upon her, you could just change the pronunciation and say, "I'll eat you, Curry." It's just playing with the vowels is what you're doing there in a very cunnilingual way. And you could talk about, you know, hitting it from downtown, Clay getting an assist. <laughs> I do know. have a, a bit about how I feel like Kevin Durant is my ex every time I see him. <laughs> that sounds good. I love him. I hate him. Come back. Go away. You know? <laughs> That's solid. Yeah, I don't, I don't, ha- I don't have like a, a progression, but it, presumably they go together. I don't know. That's interesting. I think that one of the uh, warriors looks like a Backstreet Boy, and one of them looks like an Easter Island head. So Steve Kerr. Um, he's the only white one I can think of. No, no, no. He's not. He's not. It's not the white one. He just has a Backstreet Boy um, goatee. Sean Livingston. He, Sean Livingston is the one with the Easter Island head. <laughs> no, no. Clay Thompson, Clay Thompson has Thompson the goatee. Backstreet's yeah, back. He has the Backstreet right. goatee. You got to look at him again. And then uh, I agree with Pam that the teenage mutant ninja turtle bit could become the middle-aged mutant ninja turtle bit. Yeah, I and think I could do like something with that. I don't know what yet. Convalescent home. I don't know. I think it's too. Dead. They're too nice for this. They probably sold out. They probably work for the city now. <laughs> In the sewers, of course. <laughs> it only makes sense. But yeah, great stuff. Great stuff. Oh, you guys. I have a counter. Oh, find a microphone. Find a microphone. I have a counter opinion. 2,500 listeners. Damn. I don't know how many. I'm bad at math. I'm good at math. Uh, 
How many listeners? Uh, I thought the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle joke was great by itself. I think if you space a little bit before and after it, it'll sit. It took me like 10 seconds to get it. Yeah. But it's, I think it's really funny because it takes 10 seconds to get. And then you're like, oh, the dude, they ate pizza every day for like 30 years. They're dead mostly. <laughs> Maybe except for like Leonardo. He's like on a slim, slim diet, paleo. I think you can also do that as a longer bit. But I liked it by itself. That is my feedback. Yay. Yeah, I usually don't develop material. It's one of my weaknesses <laughs> as a comic. Every, everybody secret. clap wildly for World Golfman! Yay! Yeah! You're all right. That's exactly how the joke workshop works. Hey, if you want to get one of these amazing edibles, uh, they are pecan almond caramels dipped in dark chocolate, and they're really delicious. They have like 40 milligrams in them. You just have to donate $5 to Mutiny Radio in that jar. And then when you do that, you get to come back here and I'll give you one of these amazing edibles. Uh, the two things have nothing to do with each other. One is a donation and one is a gift. <laughs> I'm so, like they're, like they're gonna come out. Well, the ABC has, doesn't know what to do with marijuana right now. We shouldn't talk about these things on the radio. You're next comedian. Uh, hey, new guy, excited to see him here. Put your hands together for Angelo Fu. What's up, guys? Um, I'm Angelo, and a couple days ago, I was walking into Muni. Very exciting. And it was a, a pretty normal day. I was wearing this green sweatshirt. The sweatshirt is important to this joke. Uh, it's a dope-ass sweatshirt. It's green. It's hooded. It has a reverse waffle print, uh, unfinished hems. Uh, it's a pretty special to me. Uh, and it's from this brand called Sasquatch Fabrics. Um, you haven't heard of it. I didn't just make it up. It's like this fancy Japanese brand. And so this guy walks up next to me, and a total stranger walking down the stairs, and he says, hey, man, I really like your sweatshirt. And after I've described it to you, you could probably tell that that made sense to me. Uh, it was nice. I spent a lot of money on it. It was hard to find. And so I was like, cool, thanks. And then he was like, I have one just like it. I got an old Navy and I was crushed. I walked down the stairs. I was like about to cry. And he's like, where'd you get it? I was like, ah, uh, it was this Japanese brand. It was kind of hard to find. I got it at this boutique. And I didn't really want to talk to him after that, right? Because I felt so insulted by his old Navy comment. Um, but you know, I'm a nice guy. I was like, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I got this at this boutique and without saying anything, he reaches over and grabs the back of my sweatshirt and looks at the tag. Like I'm a liar, <laughs> uh, which is pretty frustrating because I wasn't sure what was more insulting that he didn't believe me that I would buy this brand. Like it didn't exist or that he thought that I would just lie about buying expensive Japanese clothes. Like I didn't know what it was about how I looked that made him think that I don't like expensive shirts. Um, I learned how to type when I was like 12, uh, playing this game called Starcraft. I don't know if you've ever played Starcraft. Anybody here played Starcraft? Oh, that's good. Clap, nerds. I'm just kidding. I played it too, obviously. Uh, I learned how to type. I didn't learn how to type from uh, Mavis Beacon Teaches Typing. Have you guys heard of this, this program from the late 80s? Mavis Beacon Teaches Typing is a typing game, but that's like the worst typing game ever made. The teacher's name is Mavis Beacon. Like, who named Mavis Beacon is going to type fast? Uh, no, I also didn't learn how to play it from Mario Teaches Typing, which was Nintendo's uh, very hardworking entry into the educational typing market. 
Not like not not a great not a great game. Uh, no, I learned from StarCraft. It's an online game you play with uh, with and against other people, and it's pretty competitive. So I learned how to type because I would go into a game and I'd be like, "Hey guys, what's up?" And all these older teenagers would be like, "Hurry up, fuckface, get your act together!" And it's really stressful. And you learn how to type way faster after that happens. Uh, one thing that I learned from uh, from StarCraft, people would say "brb" a lot, and no one explained that to me. So for a long time, I thought "brb." just meant bathroom break and people would do it a lot in games and I think it makes a lot of sense to me because I'm extremely regular um, yeah BRB I uh, also learned what LOL meant but not everybody in the world knows what LOL stands for um, I have this coworker who send a lot of reply all emails at my office um, people share really intense stuff I work in a nonprofit a lot of touchy-feely stuff um, this guy thinks it means lots of love and so this, somebody was like, oh, yeah, guys, thank you so much for all your support during my mom's chemo last year. And he wrote back, LOL, Brandon. Uh, and that's the end of my set. Yay! Angela Fu, hooray! Ending on a cancer joke. So brave. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like Kent, uh, Marty Cunny has something to say here. Oh, uh, yeah, a couple of quick ones. Uh, the sweatshirt story is a good lead-off, but you need more with it. Okay. Uh, I'd say with, like, something like that, it's always good at the end. You can just, like, make a comparison. Like, what if I had done this to him uh, yeah. or something, right? And something, like, just as offensive, but, like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, all right. Like, what if I, like, fucking... What, or what if, like, people giving each other's wedgies was just checking the labels? I don't know, something yeah. weird like that. Uh, you mentioned Mavis Beacon. Like, that doesn't sound like she does type fast. What does it sound like she does? Mm-hmm. You know, like maybe because that's what you're, I think you're getting at. That's kind of like an old sounding name, yeah, right? Exactly. Like she cites with like two fingers. The and quickest like, uh, biscuits in the West. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Something like what does Mavis Beacon sounds like? She's like an attache for like James Bond, right? That yeah. sounds like a James Bond girl name or something, but like an off-brand one. Um, <laughs> and then Starcraft, the way you described it, it just sounded like. You're like, oh, everybody yelled at me, and all of a sudden I get really good at typing. And suddenly I started to think, maybe the military does work. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, like if people just constantly yell at you, you just want to be good at stuff. Uh, and now I understand like my upbringing or something like yeah. that. Uh, those are my thoughts. Oh, that's super helpful. Thank nice. you. Uh, I had a thing on the, um, on the green hooded sweatshirt. I would start with, so that, because it was your opening joke, I would just start with, hey, this guy saw my sweatshirt, and he was like, hey, man, I really like your sweatshirt. I'd open with that. Mm. And then I'd go into the description of it. It's a green hooded waffle fabric. It's really fancy, blah, blah, blah. Because, like, why are you so into fabrics? Uh, and then the whole thing with Old Navy makes sense. And then I kept thinking about fabrics. And then, like, because, like you said, why do you really like them? I was like, oh, I just really like fabric. It's expensive. Like, you have 400 thread count waffle weave. <laughs> I just thought you could be silly about fabrics. Because you really were specific at the outset. And I yeah. thought that was funny and specific and weird. But I'd, I wouldn't open with that. I'd Got make it. that the funny part is like, because then you're so hurt. And like, why do you like fabric so much? That's weird. Or cool. Like, whatever. Cool. You like good fabric. Like, I don't want to shame you about your love of fabrics. <laughs> um, but that's what I thought was funny about that joke was your strange love of fabrics. And then um, uh, the StarCraft thing and the same thing as Marty. I was like, oh, social pressure taught you how to type. Like, you were bullied into typing. I thought you could have a bully joke there because bullying is so hot topic right now. Those Thanks. were my thoughts. But it was, there are funny things. You have really great premises. Hi. Oh, let me do this. There you go. Oh. There you go. Hey, man. 
How's it going? Great. Good. I think you're a good comic. Thanks, man. Uh, I love your StarCraft reference because I love StarCraft. Um, I would have enjoyed probably me and no one else in the room if you had thrown in some references like For the Swarm or a Dune Toridas. Do you get it? Yeah, see, he's laughing. Fuck yeah, dude. So, um, okay, bye. Thank you. I, I've got Westworld jokes and they make no sense either. So mm. all, whatever you like. Some very good stuff. Uh, the sweatshirt bit kind of left me cold. I, ah! I, oh, cool. I mean, it should be warm. It should be comfortable. It's your opening. Oh, I got it. I got it. <laughs> I got it. Thank you. It's a good start. But speaking of the opposite of openings, uh, I think that your initial bit, initially, the one with the initials, the BRBs. Oh, the yeah. I think that that would really cater well to your callback. So if you do mm. that early in a set, mm. and you say, hey, yo, it's been a good night, BRB. Yeah. There's, there's ways you can work that yeah. in to bring a sense of continuity and finality to your set. That I think would be really strong. Thanks, guys. Hey. Hi. Um, I really enjoyed your set. I thought it was great. Um, just one really quick note that came to my mind was that you were talking about how you got this sweatshirt from Japan, and you were really insulted that Old Navy had basically made a copycat of it, and immediately thought of like all those like fake like when you go to Asia and you go to the street markets and you buy all that fake brand stuff, but it's like reverse <laughs> now, like damn, white people are now like making fake versions yeah. of, of Asian stuff or whatever. So that's the that's <laughs> there's about. irony there. That's yeah. awesome. Thanks so much, guys. Hey, everybody, put your hands together for Angela Fu. first time here doing great uh super excited there's a lot of new names on the list and that makes me very happy clap your hands together keep being an awesome attentive audience for lin chen all right how y'all doing tonight awesome all right so um so uh, my husband and I have been trying to get pregnant, right, for the last two and a half years. It's been a very long process, which of us just fucking like rabbits, right? Um, and sometimes that can be like a pain in the ass because you have to do it so often. Um, and maybe that's why we're not pregnant yet. Shit. <laughs> Right, uh, but as we are actually going to go see fertility doctors, I've come to a realization that fertility treatments are a lot like cooking. Like our very first fertility treatment is something called the IUI, where they take his sperm, they Darwin the shit out of his jizz, and like select the best little guys and shoot them up inside of me. And I'm sitting there, I'm realizing, oh my God, this is just like turkey basting. And I'm the fucking turkey sitting there saying like, yeah, baste me in that baby sauce, uh, get it in there, right? because that's apparently when you have troubles like us, that's how we get pregnant. And IVF at the end of the day is basically saying fuck it and ordering out, all right? Um, and so I have realized that I think part of our problem of why this has been so difficult for us is the fact that we've both been raised as Chinese Christians. And that basically means that we've been raised as doubly anti-sex. Already the Baptist joke is like sex leads to dancing. And then the Chinese joke is sex leads to sex. You know, and um, my aunt was telling me how in China, actually, uh, they never really had any kind of sex ed. And so she was going to, um, she was in junior high, supposed to get the sex ed talk, and the teacher shows up and goes, hey, 
You find out when you find out. No more questions, okay? And shuts the class down. And like the kids kind of accepted it because like they kind of looked around like, well, hey, China with our 1.5 billion population, people are finding out when they find out. And so like they kind of just left it. But my poor misinformed aunt got into a bicycle accident a week later and thought that this had made her pregnant. And so she goes home to her mom. She's like, mom, I think I'm pregnant. Her mom starts to freak out. She's like, what, how did this happen? Who, this, who did this to you? She's like, the bike did it. She's like, what? And she finds out her mom gets mad at her. And she's like, that's not how babies are made. Oh, how? You find out when you find out. And so apparently, right, when you grow up Chinese, there's just absolute silence around sex. And when you grow up Chinese Christian, there's silence and shame. And so um, I was in the seventh grade joining the youth group. And there was this boy, Jeremy Cow, and he and I started liking each other. And his mom found out and that the only Chinese Christian mom thing to do, alert the pastor who then gathered all the elders, and then they held a prayer meeting to pray over the fact that two kids in youth group like each other. Guys, at my church, we don't pray the gay away. We pray the straight away, all right? If Oprah Winfrey had grown up in my church, she would not be giving away free cars and shit. No, she'd be standing there saying, you get the gift of celibacy. You get celibacy. We all get celibacy. And so that's basically how I grew up. And um, you can imagine then on our wedding night, right, after like 26 years of being raised like this, we're two grown ass adults with no idea how the fuck to fuck. And so my husband, he sends me to the bathroom. He's like, hey, can you go grab some towels? I'm like, yeah, sure, what for? I hear you bleed after the deed. And I, it like fucking rhymes. I'm like, did you get your sex tips from Dr. Seuss, right? And so I'm like, how many towels do we need? Grab them all all of them and I'm like gathering these towels and laying them out I'm like why do we need so many towels and he's like I don't want to make a mess tonight in my mind I was like you don't want to make a mess tonight I don't want to die tonight all right I thought that we were popping my cherry not my whole entire fucking uterus and so I turned to him and go sweetie can we pray right now he's like yeah sure what for for the gift of celibacy because apparently you don't find out when you find out thank you everyone Yay! Lin Chen, everyone! Woohoo! Uh, there we go. The music was uh, strangely cued. Yay! That was a really intimate set. That was really awesome. Uh, hey, we have. Uh, Dan wants to say something. He's coming. No, no, you do yours first. Oh, okay. I'll do my first. Uh, I've got. Um, I started with. Uh, also, oh, that's how we get pregnant. I thought there might have been a bukkake joke in there somewhere about uh, about sp- spitting sperm all over yourself. Um, what it really got out of your set was like, I think you were dancing around the issue of the repression. So it's like you're a Chinese Christian, so you're this like double repression. And the double repression you talked about later was the silence and the shame. Right. And so I thought like, I would... I, I'm more like I'm, I would be super interested in like where does that repression come from? Like what? Because like you were talking about the actions of the repression, and I was like wondering about the origins of the repression. Okay. Um, and then the celibacy. It was all. It's all very funny. It's just hard for me to relate to because I'm like, whoa, uh, wow, so much. Re-. And it's like so much repression from celibacy because like there's a billion Chinese people. Like maybe that's why they're like brainwashing right. you and they're like just don't. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the thing is, but I, I really enjoy you have uh, great uh, energy. I was completely like interested in everything you were saying. I was like just looking for more like of a why. I think sure. that a lot of funny will come yeah. from that. 
I actually have a joke I didn't include it in tonight, but it's like maybe that's why the Chinese government like does that is like it's their population control. Yeah. It's like the no sex policy, uh, the no child policy. Right. No child left yeah. behind. No yeah. child left. No right. child at all. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that, that, yeah. I have a bit about that. Right on. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, Lynn. How's it going? Hey, Dan. Hi. Hi. Uh, you have good jokes. Thank you. So, uh, I like how you say it the same in whatever room you're in. So, that's good. Thank you. Yeah, a lot of people uh, drink a lot of alcohol to get that amount of energy on stage. So, that's good <laughs> sure that you enough. have that. Yeah. I'm assuming you're not hammered right now. Nope. Uh, <laughs> uh, pain in the ass. Love that lead off. Um, could lead to more, like, shitty puns. Like, you okay. know, like... Asshole puns, rectum puns, stuff like that. Shitty puns, right? Uh, yeah, I don't know. This, if you just want more cheap humor in the front there. Uh, turkey basing thing, uh, you made that, well, whatever you exclaimed after, like, you like, yeah. like, kind of, you like, yeah, then I'm the turkey. And that's why uh, we no longer allowed to have Thanksgiving at our house because I'll come out with, like, random, we still like, make jokes about that, like, around our family or something oh, okay. like that. Um, an adverse effect of the whole bike sex talk was that you learned that fucking your bike was okay, <laughs> or that's what you took away from it. You're like, okay, <laughs> can't get me pregnant. Uh, and then you mentioned the like, what the like, who taught you, Dr. Seuss? And I, it might be kind of a used comic trope, but just more Dr. Seuss rhymes. Just come oh, yeah, some more I like had funny some, Dr. But Seuss sex rhymes. Time. Yeah, yeah, thank those you. are all. Those are always get a good laugh. Yes, thank you. All right, I'll start from the beginning. Okay. And when I get to the end, I'll stop. So when you mentioned fucking like rabbits, mm -hmm. I think you could combine the uh, wifely wisdom of what you impart on your husband and say, you go from fucking like a rabbit to fucking like a nagget because you're <laughs> nagging because oh. I'm married and I know these things. And yes. And maybe he's from the year of the rabbit. Isn't that a Chinese thing? I mean, it why not throw Chinese, Chinese things in there? Ooh, that could be a callback. And then also the getting pregnant while falling off the bike, you could say something like, well, you didn't have protection, you weren't wearing a helmet. Uh, uh, that could come into play. Oh, I like that. And you could, uh, in the process of you saying that everybody figures it out, you could say that's why they call it communism. Ah! <laughs> that's political. good. Thank you. Oh my God, Charlie Spink always with the best puns that ever punned. Hey everybody, clap your hands wildly for Lin Chen. Listen to the joke workshop. Remember, if you want one of these crazy 40 milligram edibles, just stick five bucks in that little jar up there and then come back and get one because they're delicious. Uh, your next comedian, he's super, super funny. And you guys are going to laugh at all his jokes and take notes and be awesome. Uh, put your hands together for Dan Shively. What's that? Oh, yeah, fuck yeah, dude, that shit is fire, so I had to let it go. How you doing back there, Pam? Good. Hey, guess what? I'm donating to Mutiny. Yay, Yay for me! What's going on? So, I uh, I have a new job. I uh, I fucking sell software to accountants. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> we have an accountant in the house. Uh, it's one of the douchier jobs you can have, you know, selling software. American companies... They have a specific kind of culture in sales, you know. They have these large bullpens, and then they'll have 
the sales overlord roam the aisles of the bullpen. And whenever he, the room gets too quiet, he'll go, get on the phones. And then the scared little people will go, oh, you want to buy something? What are you selling? I don't know. That's my joke. And then I'd go outside. This was uh, on Charleston Ave. I don't know if you guys know where that is, but it was, we actually, our company was like nestled inside of the Google campus. And I would go outside for our 30 minutes a day allowed of sunlight. And we were right next to LinkedIn. And I'd fucking see them having a beach volleyball party next to a taco truck with fucking music. And I'd just go, fuck, I should have tried harder in high school. Hey. Anyway, I found the solution. Now I have a job with a New Zealand sales organization, and it's totally different there. They just call me once a day, and they're like, hey, mate, how's uh, how, how, <laughs> 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 the sales going, eh? That doesn't even fucking sound New Zealand. <laughs> hey, mate, hey, hey, how's the sales going? And I'll just be like, it's good. And they're like, okay, bye. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, my dating life, I'm dating now. I fucking love your expressions, man. I went on a Bumble date. I've only been on one Bumble date ever in my life. And I went to a place down on uh, Polk and Pine. It was uh, like one of these trendy places because I was pretending to be a fancy guy, you know. And we had the date. It was nice. I thought I had a chance. You know, I thought it was going great. She asked me how much money I make. I fucking lied. So everything was going fucking smoothly. And then at the end, I found out she brought her sister on the date who was eavesdropping from a table away the whole time. And it was just like fucking threesome? I don't know. <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> Anyway, I'm a weirdo. I always... My whole life, I've always had, like, my safe space, you know? I'd have my quiet place I'd like to go. When I, like, especially when I was a kid. I'd go out in the backyard. I had a specific corner, and I'd dig for bugs. And I'd just, like, be weird and, like, have the weird voices in my head pop up. And it still stayed with me to this day, my safe space. My safe space now, every day, no matter where I am, is inside my shirt, you know, when, when you're putting your shirt on, you get that moment of zen, you know? Thank you. You get that moment of zen. Uh, so it's like, I can finally fucking relax, and I'm just going to put my hood up, because if I put my shirt up, then you're going to see my tummy, and nobody wants that. And I'm just like, oh, my God. It's so much better in here. <sighs> Fuck. You... You don't make a, a hundred percent of the shots that you t you take. <laughs> and then you come out and you have to deal with real life again. It's like, oh god, you gotta get more mustard. I could keep going, but uh, I don't think I'm gonna. Thanks for your time. Dad Shively, another scintillating performance. Scintillating. I got things. It looks like Charlie Spinks jumping up there. Everybody's jumping. Marty's jumping. I'm going to jump in first. Uh, your first thing about a guy walking up and down the aisle, I don't, either could either be another military reference or a uh, sports reference. And say like you say, like when everybody gets called and yelled at, they just start dialing random numbers and calling random people. That'd be like if somebody uh, like walking up and down the barracks and then people started shooting out the window with like 
no direction or whatever. Yeah. Something. I, I'm a big comparison guy, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Um, you said I should have tried harder in high school or been more ethnic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. He hasn't been racist at all, though. All these tech companies and whatnot. Uh, that's oh, not racist. Oh, that makes sense. Okay, okay, fair enough. It's like LinkedIn and yeah, like, sure, sure. yeah, it always looks like a college poster, like uh, these like volleyball games and stuff, right? It's true. So, yeah. Um, and about the date with a girl bringing her sister, uh, you said like, well, jokes on her. I brought my brother and he was listening from outside. Uh, actually, jokes on me. That totally backfired because he heard the whole thing and now he's never going to let me live that down or something like that. Nice. Yeah. I was going to say, fuck that bitch. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what that is. Yeah, she sucks. Fuck that. Really? What an entitled cunty bitch that you had to lie about how much you made because you're not somehow good enough. Like your intrinsic value as an intelligent and fun person isn't good enough because you don't make enough money. Like, what the fuck? I mean, I... Okay. Let other people talk. She has really expensive rent. That's why she has. Yeah. Yeah, and her nails cost more than my rent. Whatever. Fucking, I hate those bitches. We'll let other people talk before I have... I have very few things, but we'll let Charlie go first. Charlie, go. All right, well, you got me all excited talking about accounting. And I was really, <laughs> I had really accounted for more accounting jokes in your set. You know, they're by the numbers, they're a great way. They just add up. Um, make sure that you're, you're in the black. Um, God damn it. I think that a great use of wording that will really make the set sing when you're talking about this secret sister watching the date is you could say it was an act of espionage and that you were going to perform espionage à toi. Ooh. That'd be like a sexy James Bond thing. Um, it's the only thing you, there's only thing you do with that kind of espionage. Espionage à toi. That's really good. Uh, I got two thoughts for you. One, I love your New Zealand accent. Uh, but I actually love more that you did it badly and then did it again anyway. Yeah. I think you should, I mean, that, that played with me. The other thing, uh, I hope this is helpful for you. I think it's super weird, the idea of sleeping with your sibling, which is what the threesome would have been. I think you could go into that a little bit because you're like, I don't know, threesome. and like, But she would think it's weird, or maybe she wouldn't. I don't know. Well, she brought her on a date, right? I mean, yeah, I don't know. Somewhere you could go with that. Barrier to entry. Depends if it was a Tinder date or how it started. I mean... Bumble. Oh, it was Bumble, so she was, she was, so she had that much entitlement. Uh, I think that your set, set should really, uh, there was a thing you were dancing around, which is that uh, you just want free lunch. Like you're nestled, your thing was inside of the Google campus. You don't get to eat their fucking awesome Google food. No, no free lunch for you. So like you go on this fucking, do you, like I thought the funny thing, there was a lot of like, you never said it, but it was almost like your life. You're like on the search for free lunch, but you still have to, even when you go to the lunch and you have to buy it for the girl so she can have free lunch, your free lunch isn't good enough somehow. Like it was like, you're like, there was a, there was a thing happening in your set that was like classist that had to do with food. Yeah, that yeah, was like yeah. an underpinning current. And I feel that that's awesome. And that you could bring that more to the surface yeah. by tying it around the thing of yeah, like, like where's that. my free lunch I work hard I got a college degree yeah. <laughs> where's my free lunch she asked me how much I made and I started to realize I might actually have to pay on this 
Yeah, I thought this was a free lunch, but no. <laughs> Fucking Marty. Actually, that'd be a cool callback too. You could talk about going Dutch, and you say, "I prefer to go New Zealand." <laughs> Oi, go kiwi. Go, go kiwi. kiwi. We eat a kiwi. And your your thing was it was a Canadian accent, and that was very funny. Uh, I loved it. You're hilarious. Everybody, put your hands together for Dan Shively. Yay! Yay! Well. This is going swimmingly. This is exactly how Joke Workshop is supposed to go. Everybody's paying attention and listening and being really cool and awesome. And uh, do that for your next comedian because he's been doing that for you. He's the master of puns. The pun master flash. He does the scritchity scratch. Put your hands together for Charlie's Bank. That's right. I saw the stage looking so sexy, and I was like, I'm going to tap that. Just did. That was the genre of dancing. So you've heard the name Charlie Spink. It's a sexy-sounding stage name. But my birth name, my government name, the name on my Social Security card, is Charles Patrick Kevin Spink IV, which sounds you know, borderline royal, a little classy, but it really does not make me sound like what I've always wanted to be, which is like a Nordic god. Because in the old school mythology, in the Bible, you would proclaim who you are and then shout out your dad's name. Like, I am Thor, son of Odin. I am Hercules, son of Zeus. I'm Jesus, son of... It's a long story. <laughs> but with me being the fourth Charles, I'm just fucked. It's like, I'm Charles, uh, son of Charles. And his dad was Charles. And his dad went by Chuck. Yes, we are of the uh, civil engineering clan with no first name creativity. That's, that was a name brand joke. That's what that was. But I'm going to do some relatable humor, stuff we can all relate to. I don't know about you guys. The other day, I was wiping my ass on a triangular Native American house. And I was like, uh-oh, wrong teepee. <laughs> Again, I'm glad that got a laugh because I had reservations about that joke. I had reservations. I think that joke is a real gamble, and it's a problem. It was going to make me so depressed, I was going to turn to drinking. Yes, America was built on that joke. You are all welcome. Speaking of the brilliant wordplay, I'm going to get really personal. When I was a teenager, I was not a fan of erections. I found them unpredictable. But after a while, they really grew on me. You see, Pam can't relate because, all right, they didn't grow that much on me. They've, they've stayed mostly the same size. But yeah, that joke, uh, that's a hard joke. Not as hard as I would have liked it to be. I wish that joke was longer. That was just a lot shorter. It was more of a one-liner. I want some tags on that. I feel like there's a lot of hip-hop fans in the audience right now. I can tell by the demographic, lots of black chairs. <laughs> They're throwing their hands in the air and waving them like they just don't care. Uh, I have a fun fact. A rapper 2 Chains. are you guys familiar with 2 Chains? Yeah. Yes, very popular hip-hop artist. Uh, fact, when 2 Chains someday retires and goes from the Baller Mansion to the retirement home, he will legally be changing his name from 2 Chains to 2 Life Alert Bracelets. Yes. I could see him with Lil John right now on the I'm ballin' and I can't get up remix. <laughs> yeah! So I am not a fan 
of a lot of the same foods that my wife loves. And by proxy, she doesn't really like what I'm into. I love black olives. Anybody else? You guys love black olives? Not a black olive fan. I love black olives. My wife, not a fan. But she loves that I love black olives. Because black olives taught me to finger things before I eat them. Sorry, that's kind of a canned joke. That really is. Something's wrong with that one. I can't put my finger in it. <laughs> I really can't. Huh, any Black Panther fans in the house? You guys like that movie? Yeah, woo! Well, that's the fun thing I love calling back to my name, is that the name T'Challa is Wakandan for Charlie. Yeah, look it up. So I am the White Panther of comedy. That's right. White Conda forever. That's my catchphrase. That did so well. Can't end with that. Pokemon fans. Anybody? Yeah, Pokemon fans. My favorite Pokemon is Jigglypuff. Because one, he was a great Pokemon. And two, it's a fun nickname I can call Sean Puffy Combs when he's had a little too much Crystal. That's... It's a fun party joke. Beauty, much like semen, is often found in the eye of the beholder. And I'm glad that you all came for a great night of comedy. I'm Charlie, your mutiny. Have a great night. Yay! Charlie's Bake, the fourth! Yay! You make me laugh so hard. I can't handle it. It's too funny. It's so funny. Other people have things. I only have one thing, but I thought, I think you're great. And it's fun times. Oh, I guess I'll say my one thing. <laughs> uh, so on your, I thought before you did your erections joke, I thought at the beginning you were making fun of Chinese people, but then you were really talking about erections. And I thought you were talking about elections because the first, <laughs> the first two punchlines you did could have been about elections. But I thought you were talking, I didn't, I was like, he said erections, but he must be talking about elections. But then you were really talking about erections. And I was like, oh. And then at the end, you were like, I need some tags on that. And I was like, well, it, you could, I mean, I just thought you could extend it, the joke longer, if you st were like, I'm, if you started with erections and then did some things that were like, oh, I'm not trying to be racist. I'm actually talking about erections. But if it worked in both camps, okay, next yeah, usually person. Usually I'm trying to be racist, but I do. <laughs> Dan or Marty? All right, uh, so I like your jokes, dude. You're a funny guy. <laughs> also, you have good hair. Okay. Um, so I liked your Thor joke. I, I thought it'd be funny if his father called him in for oh, dinner time. Oh, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I think I couldn't be too public with that. I'd have to keep that reference low-key. Oh! Oh! Hey. oh! Wait a minute. My ass got out of control. I need an ass guard right there to protect me. That was that was hella funny. Oh Jesus! Um, your erection joke made me pitch a tent, um, and then you you immediately went into a life alert joke. Which how do you not do? I've fallen and I can't get, get up. up. I literally have that as a tag that I took. Damn it. Uh, your Wakanda joke needs a little work. It was a very challenge day. Okay, I'll shut up. Bye. <laughs> um, I thought there was something worth pointing out that you have three first names followed by a last name and then a number after that. Any other time you get made fun of for having that many names, but if you put a number after anybody's name, it sounds a little bit more more realistic, like more legit. 
Uh, I don't know, something to go with there. I'd also just want to point out that there is, in fact, a Swedish uh, weightlifter who was world's strongest man, and his name is Magnus Ver Magnusson. So he's Magnus, son of Magnus. And so it sounds way cooler in any other language than English for some yeah. reason. Like Chuck, son of Chuck, sounds ridiculous, yeah. like, like you said. Um, the, like the, the slow descent down the Indian jokes. Uh, <laughs> but if you're going to go all the way, just end with the polio. And with them get, getting polio somehow, polio blankets. Uh, well, I do. I have a bit about uh, midget Native American Tupac impersonators, the Tupacs, the smallpox. Oh, my God. The there we go. Pox. That's, that's, you're, that, that's that we you're go. an yeah. insane person. That's amazing. There you go. That's, that's, that's okay. I, you're, you're, you're already genius. there then. Uh, your dick joke wasn't very robust. Uh, it needs help. Uh, it needs help standing on its own. Uh, I just want to point. I also just wanted to point out it that to most comics, okay? it does. It I frequently. Um, I just wanted to point out that two chains. There's a video of two chains getting robbed on A Street in broad daylight. Uh, you can look it up online. And it's fucking hilarious. Um, olives. Uh, that's the same reason you like bugles. Ah, uh, oh, put your fingers in them. That was that was the, the food I associate with putting on your fingers, but then it turns into claws and it's scary. Um, the Wakanda joke, if that ever falls flat, you can just say, "Oh, that that kills in Oakland." <laughs> no one believes you. Uh, and the facial joke, uh, get a load of that joke. I don't know. Uh, get a load of that joke. I think puns are cheap. Uh, <laughs> and I'm very uh, frugal. First of all, I love puns, and so mm-hmm. I, I thought your set was fantastic. Um, I only have like one small comment where you're talking about like after you're done with like your the name stuff like Thor and all those people, and you get to yourself like you know I'm Charlie, the son of Charles, and I think to keep that continuity, to continue to say who's the son of Charles who's the son of Charles, right? And then like at the very end, like talk about the very original Charles and kind of like why did he have this legacy of everyone being named after him and having some kind of like joke about that. But that was the only note that I had. Yeah. Cool. Thank, like you. Thank you. Clap like you mean it for Charlie Spank the Ford. Your next comedian. He's been giving great comments all night. Do the same for him. Everybody, Marty Cunney. Boy, I picked a good day to workshop this one. Um, Guys, I've been trying to be more culturally sensitive because, you know, there's so much that the world has to offer, so much knowledge and advice and everything that other cultures have to offer. So I'm trying to be more sensitive. But you know who's making it hard is those damn Chinese. Um... (laughs) I don't know how to say this, but you don't need to go around making animals extinct so you can get better boners. We got that taken care of with Western medicine, okay? There's no reason to look at a fucking animal that says, that looks like a dick on it. Let's chop it off and feed it to everyone. We're all going to be hard as fuck, okay? That is no longer necessary. We got that one taken care of. Viagra is a thing. It's been for a long time. We got a bill so good, it'll give you an erection that might not go away. Uh, you might have to see your doctor for it to go away, huh? I mean, it's. It, I understand there's a lot that Eastern Medicine has to offer, but we got this one taken care of. And you know what? I don't really get it anyways. What do you got to be so virile for? You can only have one kid. What's the fucking point? Uh, well, you got to... I, I, I just don't get it. God, it's, it is it is funny that Viagra was not discovered on purpose. Nobody was looking for Viagra when they found it. What it was, it was a heart medication being tested, right? So people were there, it's because it's about the constriction of blood vessels. 
Can you imagine being on the testing trial of Viagra and there being like, all right, sir, uh, so how's your heart feeling? Like, my heart? Uh, my heart on is great. Uh, I don't know what the fuck you guys think this is for. Um, uh, that must have been wild. Uh, I was with a lady the other night. Um, yeah, it was going great. I was, we were doing it and um it was kind of weird because i could feel her iud um and i didn't know how to tell her that there's no way that i'm well equipped enough that i should be feeling <laughs> your iud uh i think your doctor might have put that thing a little bit low i think that might not be in the right spot uh i don't know like i don't know what the comparison it's like if i put a condom on my balls like that's not helping anybody right I was gonna say something to her, and then I realized that I don't know how IUDs work. Uh, <laughs> that was about to sound real stupid, because uh, I guess in my head I always just pictured it as a little piece of a coat hanger that you put inside of a uterus, so it doesn't go getting any ideas, you know? It makes a lot of sense. It's like when a abusive parent points at their belt, right? Or, uh-uh, you remember what happened last time? It's a fucking mounted head on the wall. I don't know. I just scared straight kind of thing. Uh, guys, you guys like dad jokes? You guys fans of dad jokes? Yeah. Oh, okay, I'll lay a thick one on you here. When I die, I hope I'm not buried in a coffin. I feel like I'm more of a sarcophagi. <laughs> Woo! Dad jokes, boy, man. Love it. Uh, you know, fun. Dad jokes are fun. You know, jokes... You know, easy jokes to get. It sucks, though, because I really shouldn't be telling dad jokes ever since my doctor told me that I'm sterile. So, um, no dad jokes for me ever. Uh, I'm kidding, guys. I'm not sterile. Actually, I've had like six vasectomies, and none of them have taken. I'm like the Wolverine of the vast deference. I don't know what's going on down there, okay? It's fucking weird. All right, I'll leave it at that. Thanks a lot, guys. deference marty cunny yes that's a great line by the way the wolverine of the vast deference that's a lot of fun that's really poetic and quite beautiful uh i thought that the whole trial of viagra thing is fucking hilarious and it's a great thing to point out and i feel like you could go farther yeah i don't know where um, to go from there about I'm the wives um something about the wives or the girlfriends or he got it to get i god I, I had to get a new girlfriend like I went in for heart medication and now I and now I have to get a new girlfriend yeah. like because it's just too much fucking and it's, it's like my wife's angry at me or I haven't yeah, okay. like, that's a good I had to get a divorce I can't like just a sexless person suddenly having like tons and tons of boner time yeah okay you could just say that a sexless person getting tons and tons of boner time is a great <laughs> keep it simple keep it simple keep it simple <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, I love the we've got that covered Western medicine has fixed that you gotta you know you know sometimes it uses such a good bone you have to go see a doctor I think it escalate that like sometimes a doctor can't even fix it like I gotta go like do some extreme task and appease like, like climb a mountain and yeah like, exactly and like kill an eagle and yeah. like drink it drink, drink the blood yeah. from its neck or something yeah. like that i think i think that the yeah elevating it again would be good yeah i also like the wolverine with the best deference line great line 
Uh, I think you could also do a Viagra callback somewhere in that where it's like, I don't need the Viagra. I, like my dick has got it covered. It could be so soft that it's still like make a baby. I don't know. Yeah. I'm o- overly fertile or yeah, something. something like I'd be a God in China or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, I like where you're going with that. So if you combine the Wolverine with uh, the Viagra, you could say this is so strong. It made Charles Xavier stand up. Oh, uh, X Men! I like that. Yeah, that's good. Shit! Uh, Earlier, you made the Chinese reference, and we mentioned workshopping the jokes. I don't think you workshop a Chinese joke. I think you sweatshop it. (laughs) 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 I worked so hard for that for no pay. Uh, Also, you talked about having the boner that would never end. I think you could go Charlie uh, and the Chocolate Factory, call it an everlasting throb stopper or something along those lines. That's good. Yeah. Uh, you can make a musical reference with the whole IUD. Uh, the, you're down with IUD, yeah, you know me. Uh, something like that. Mm-hmm. That has to do with other people's pussies as well. Um, the sarcophagi, great play on words. But, Thought you might like that one. But I, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't keep it under wraps. <laughs> oh. it's, uh, it's less of a dad joke, more of a mum me joke. Oh. That's what I would say. Yeah, I, I, was, I was thinking, like, I want to maybe string together, like, two more dad jokes. So I say, like, ah, I love telling these dad jokes, but mm-hmm. then go into the other thing. Well, I think even with that one, I mean, you could have us all in the embalm of your hand. Oh, God. Ah! Oh. <laughs> it's just really a pyramid scheme of puns. <laughs> yes, yes. It's like fair. Oh no, he didn't. <laughs> can't stop, won't stop. I can't rock and roll record. Um, and then the last reference you talked about being sterile, and I heard something kind of musical in your voice. And I was thinking you talked about being sterile in stereo, like you can't impregnate from either side. Just something about a surround sound of uh, not being able to impregnate. Uh, lots of fun stuff. You you killed it. You had great wordplay, good confidence, good cool. delivery, everything. Thank you. Uh, awesome. Back um, here. Oh, oh yes. Um, so loved your set. It was great. Again, yeah, just echo the great confidence, the great puns. Um, and I think like the only thing that I would say about the Viagra joke to go off the idea of the wives is like you can say like now wives are trying to give their husbands heart attacks, try to get trying to get them on Viagra, <laughs> I like that, right? Yeah. So it's like spreading, like you know, the, like scaring them or something like that. Um, so and then snake eating its own tail, right? <laughs> and um, which another... also gives you an erection. Yeah. <laughs> hard snake, hard wine, yes. right? The yeah, yeah, whiskey. yeah. I think that was the, the last time I told whiskey. this joke. You gave me that advice. The yeah. Snake yeah. whiskey. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and then another idea is like going a callback to the whole entire like China hunting down and grinding down the things that like they think will give them a hard on. You could even turn yourself into that joke. Like now I'm like China's most wanted man because ah, they're like trying that. to turn me into like their that. medicine yeah. or something like that. All right. <laughs> and good. so that was the only two comments I had. Great job. Cool. Thank you. Yay. All good. Everybody clap wildly. Marty Cunny. This is a really exceptional joke workshop, everybody. It's really nice that everybody's paying attention and all that stuff is happening. Uh, Please remember, if you want one of these delicious, amazing edibles, you just donate $5 into that jar. They're like 40 milligrams, so it's really a wash. (laughs) Um, But we encourage you to donate anyways because it does help keep the station alive. And uh, without you guys, we would be lost, uh, honestly. Your next comedian, he's a super funny guy, and I'm super excited every time I see him. Clap your hands together for Arjun Banerjee. But it's the way you do the things you do. No, like Marty, I also don't trust Eastern medicine because if Eastern medicine worked, white people would have just pretended they discovered it. 
They do do that. Yeah, they do do that. That's why that joke works. That's why I told it. <laughs> do you guys see the thought process behind it once I have told it? Anyways, here's my joke. What is it? To all of those who criticize mumble rap, I say to you, huh? Yeah, that's a pretty fun joke. It's not very good, but it's fun. Yeah, it doesn't, you're like, well, that's, yeah. Anyways, I'm on antipsychotics, and I, uh, so for the very first time, I am fully tethered to reality. And did you know that life is hard? Uh, here's my take on reality. I don't like it. You know, my therapist says the psychotic delusions put me at risk of suicide, but you know what else puts me at risk of suicide? Bills. The human experience. Well, there's not really a place you can go from there, so. Here are my other jokes. I don't understand the Asian fetish. Like, who's out there thinking there's nothing kinkier and more taboo than half the world's population? <laughs> you know? I'm just saying, I think there are more Asian people than there are women. So if you're into Asians, you're just into people. That's not a fetish. That's healthy sexuality. <laughs> if you're not into Asians, you're racist. That's what I'm... I'll say that. That's not really related to the joke. I'm going to cut that. I never say that as a part of the joke. Did we like the psychotic delusions joke? Yeah, yeah I know. It's super funny. And, like, so brave. <laughs> like, how brave am I? Like, saying that? Like, whoa, I'm just opening myself up to you. Well, I know all of Well, actually, I don't know a bunch of you. I don't know you, you, or you. Eh, we've met. Okay. I know. <laughs> that was physical comedy and planned. Okay. Well, here's a different joke. I, uh, this, the most offensive set I've ever had, it was on accident. I was at a biker bar. I was at the headquarters of a motorcycle club in Hayward. And I opened my set by saying, telling a joke about how when I was 16, I got really into cross-dressing. And one time my dad walked in on me fingering my own butt. Now that joke <laughs> did not work. Uh, because, and you're like, oh, so the set was offensive because they were homophobic? No. Here's where the set got offensive. At a motorcycle club, I said this joke. You guys want to hear a joke about why motorcycle gangs are fucking pussies? <laughs> and then I said, I could beat every a motorcycle gang in a fight. You know how? It's with a car. <laughs> and they did not appreciate that at all. In fact, the head... At one point, I was like, does anyone here have a gun? And one guy said, I do. And then I said, you don't look like you could shoot me. And then I said to everyone else, I feel like I could outrun you. And then one guy just raised his hand and was like, you don't run that fast. Okay, is that not that funny? I'm going to cut that line from it. Here's the next part of that joke. Eventually, a guy named Bear, very appropriately nicknamed, came up to me. And he was the leader of the club. And he snatched the mic away from me. And he was like, don't you ever disrespect my club how dare you know at this point i had gone to a school that was like 70 percent asian so i had no idea how much danger i was in because i grew up in a world where nobody got punched so i had no clue how close i was to getting my ass kicked but i eventually did leave the stage after he just took the mic away from me and i walked out into the center i walked outside and i did probably the stupidest thing i've ever done which i stopped and i, t I can't finish this joke here's the end of the joke here's the final punchline so it turns out why they were so upset is because about two weeks earlier, one of them friends had died after being hit by a car. 
So in a fight between me and a literal gang member, I was the less compassionate and understanding one. Okay, so that isn't as funny as I thought it was. Uh, but the part where he died and I didn't know that, that's funny. Okay, what if I just give my own comments? <laughs> First off, he started weird. No, okay. What did I start with? The mumble rap joke? Okay, you started... No, you started with... Eastern Medicine. You started with Eastern so you started Medicine. okay, but the psychotic joke, I think it ain't... Okay, I'm going to give you guys... Let you guys talk. Arjun Banerjee! Yeah, well, I'll just start with... I was so entertained, I, did, I forgot to look at the clock, and so you got a lot of extra time, just because okay. I was so entertained. But that's a really good compliment, that I was, like, listening to you and engaged, that I didn't even know that three and a half minutes had gone by. So that's good. good. Your medium was, your opening was really good about the stuff. I think all you need to do in that whole opening is pause a lot more. And um, especially between the mumble rap. Because then you, I say to you, pause, give it a hot, like a fat pause. Because you, that whole section, basically it took you 45 seconds and you did like nine punchlines. But I feel like that could be a minute and 30 seconds if you actually gave it time to breathe between all of those jokes because uh, there were tons and tons of punchlines in your first joke. Okay. That's uh, good though. I'll do it quick. Um, mama rappers don't care what you say about them because of all the Xanax. Uh, right? I don't know. Something to think about because they're all let that hang. they're all <laughs> rapping. No, no, that's a good joke. Uh, what? Is that what they're I don't know. That little Zam was a little kid. I just, I just like the idea of mumbling. I just get it. And it's yeah. good, yeah. Um, you're a bit, you're like, you know, it's stressful bills, and then you realize that you never thought this would happen. But even trying to figure out how to kill yourself is stressful. <laughs> like, yes. what's the best way to go about it? Like, uh, what kind of rope do you gun. go with? Uh, it's a gun. <laughs> Guns are. How do you well, get a you gun? Miss? Where would I get a Oh, it'd be hard to get a gun, but the way to do it... Okay, so the suicide rates are actually... Suicide ideation is actually lower in white men, but suicide rates are higher, and a lot of that is attributed to the fact that they have the highest access to guns. So if you're going to kill... If you're thinking about killing yourself, buy a gun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, don't, but like... And a finished... Finish. If you want to succeed. <laughs> yeah. And a finish for the biker story is uh, you felt terrible, but you were right about the car winning. That's good. <laughs> that's very funny. Ah, that's really good. I'm going to write that down. It's, it's on the podcast. You can listen to it. But yeah, write it down. But it's like an oh, hour long. I know. It's hard. You're at, you're at 66 minutes and 10 seconds is when that happened oh, through the podcast. Okay. I'm just going to write it. Yeah, write it down. It's fine. Um, I loved, uh, first of all, you're very entertaining. I agree. Just kind of like very mesmerizing to watch and listen to. I loved your your Eastern medicine joke. I thought that was really, really great. Um, And I think you could kind of end it with this idea of like they haven't tried to like appropriate or gentrify it or kind of using some of those more terms about it. Um, And then when you, I I love that bit about the antipsychotic meds. Um, And then when you get to the line of like, oh, you know what does increase um, chances of suicide being tethered to reality, like a, a callback to kind of the situation that you're actually in. And okay. so I just thought that would be a fun pop. Yeah, thank you. Right, yeah. Done? 
Uh, no, uh, we have one more comment, looks like. I was just going to say that I think you could just say, I don't know about mumble rap, I just like mumbling in the set as the second part of that joke. Okay. I thought it was pretty People funny. I think that is adorable. Yeah. yeah uh, also, great job. Very funny. Oh, thank you. Yeah, great set. Um, just the, 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 the weakest part was like the, um, the part about when you're talking about the, these drugs and, um, and life is hard, reality, yada, yada. You could probably be a little more specific with the, the bills. I find, like you said, um, the, your punchline was, um, you know what's, what does, um, what, is, what is hard to do? I don't know how What does it. increase my risk of suicide? This, yeah, and you said like bills. You could um, maybe be a little more specific about it. I think specificity sometimes helps with the humor in ending that punchline. Just a thought. Water bills. <laughs> what? I think you're right. I think you cracked it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Can't believe I missed this. Miss what? The set, everyone's like, oh my god, so amazing. This is oh, yeah. Hey, everybody, clap wildly for Arjun <laughs> It Looks like people are leaving, but uh, is there anyone? Did Drew Harmon show up? No, it's Sunny Kumar. Oh, uh, yes, yeah, Sunny Kumar. All right, here we go. Everybody, welcome to the stage right now. Sunny Kumar! <laughs> not prepared for this uh how's everyone doing Fantastic. well 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 uh so uh golden state played i think yesterday was it yesterday they yesterday they kicked ass and uh i was i was observing a guy who was on a phone call and he was like i can't believe this team after losing by 30 won by 30 and that's what he kept repeating to his friend and 40 okay cool thanks for interrupting that <laughs> That's set up. Uh, but essentially, this man does not understand probabilities. Am I right? Like, he, does he play the same lotto numbers as the ones that came out last week? Does he not understand random chance? Like, hey, uh, four, five, six, one last time. What happened? Okay, that's, that's what happens when you take the ramblings of a madman to be gospel and spit them back at an open mic or whatever this is. Um, uh, so Wells Fargo is apologizing recently. I feel like corporations, when they make a mistake, apologize like my dad does. They don't really admit the fact that they did something wrong. They just kind of like brush over it and expect you to love them. They're like, hey, we're recommitted to you. Are you recommitted to us? I'm like, can you admit what you did wrong, motherfuckers, before I, before I do that? Like, it's like, you know, they, they do an oil spill and all they do is say, hey, it's fine. We're there. We're there for the environment. We're committed to the community. I feel like it'd be a lot more powerful. They were just like, hey, guys, there's a lot of oil. We need some of your money because we have to clean this shit up. Otherwise, there's going to be a lot of seagulls that die. Just give us some of your money. Just give us some of your money. I would appreciate that. Okay, another bad concept. Let's keep going with this. It's not a bad concept, but it's ter terribly flushed out. Um, my wife makes me like clean the dishes and then as I'm doing it, she'll be like, that was so thoughtful of you. I'm like, this is all you're doing. This is not, I didn't think about this. And recently she asked me to babysit one of our friend's uh, children. And so it was me and her and we hired a babysitter because we don't know what we we're doing. And the thing about it is you have this camera in the room, which is really nice. You can see the baby and the babysitter just looks at it. And then if it wakes up, you know, they do kind of whatever is required. Um, to fuck with the babysitter, like, I kind of went inside the room, was slowly walking towards the baby with the pillow, see if, like, the babysitter would see and protect the baby. Uh, long story short, the baby is now dead. It's a, it's a dead baby. It's a dead baby joke. It's a long dead baby joke. Uh, um, 
What else? People say I have beautiful eyes. I don't see it. I don't know why that one works all the time. Uh, um, uh, I do see it. I do see it. But I also see the look of disappointment in women's faces when they sort of scan me down, right? Because it's like a three three degree throw. They're like, oh, I love, I love the start of this movie, but the end kind of it ended too quickly. It's a very short story. We need it to be longer. Um, so that's that's very disappointing. All right. All right. Uh, I really don't have much more. I just came here to observe comics because Mission Hill was empty. This, I, I'm good. I'm good. Can we end this? Can we end this? Very hard. Sunikumar! No, they are good premises. Uh, I, have, I wrote things down. Uh, I didn't understand your numbers joke, but I respect you for it. Uh, the... <laughs> Uh, apologize thing so I feel like that is great so it's like what are the things your dad did compared to what are the things the bank did and I feel like you could do a bunch of different lists you could be like I didn't go to your 11th grade (laughs) baseball game little league game and I took $27 a month out of your account without telling you for three years (laughs) and you're like well which did that my dad or the bank (laughs) like maybe the bank actually sponsored your little league team so you felt like closer to the bank than you did to your dad because he didn't go to the games but they were providing financially but then when they took the $27 a month for three years you're like who do I trust (laughs) but I really liked the like that it wasn't really an apology but I wanted to hear the apology from the dad side too like I'm not really like I'm really sorry could you wash the dog now or whatever Uh, and then I think the wife dead baby joke I think it's a long way to go and the only way to make it work is to bring your wife back in and talk about abortion that like her family wouldn't let her have an abortion and so you guys got this babysitter and you have a camera like you have always wanted to kill a baby but your wife won't have an abortion I, I don't know if that's where the funny is but dead baby jokes I laughed it's a long with the dead baby joke. <laughs> uh, my direction there was that it's like, and now the baby's dead, and that babysitter is fired. <laughs> <laughs> that bitch did not do her job at all. Um, and yeah, I was I was in the same vein as uh, Pam with the dad band comparisons, right? Um, I said my my thought was like, yeah, at least my dad bought me ice cream sometimes. Oh. Oil companies just give us these shitty commercials, right? Or something. Uh, I liked her direction better, but that yeah, was just something right. I threw into it. And rather than, uh, you said like the start of a movie is your eyes and then like the rest of the movie is what they look at rest. I think better would be a trilogy and name a trilogy that started off really well and just tumbled right after that. I'm trying, I can't think of one that comes to mind, but Matrix, you could always go Matrix. Matrix. Yeah. My eyes are the, my eyes are the ma- the original Matrix. And then here's revolutions or, and here's, <laughs> yeah. And then the penis <laughs> right. is like the last one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, you yeah. Need, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that's like resurrection. Resurrection. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Cool. Sweet. Thank you so much. I'm so sorry for such. No, no, you're about. great. Everybody, Sunny Kumar. So uh, this is weird. We we had one more person signed up on the list, Drew Harmon, but he's not here. So I don't know what to do about that. Uh, but did everybody who wanted to donate, donate? And did everybody who wanted to get weed treats for donating? Seriously, I made these this week. They're so good. They're um, pecan almond caramels dipped in chocolate. And they have like 40 milligrams. Yeah, you can PayPal. Yeah, do PayPal. You should just 
They're the same. They're the same ones from Friday. Yeah. They are. Fu- thank you. Fucking delicious. Come. Yes, yes, yes. Grab one in the cute little bag. Oh, he's here. Drew Harmon's here. He made it. Yay! Just in time. Everybody, stick around. Yay! Yay! We have one more set tonight. He made it. I'm so happy. Yay! You made it. Yay! It was a light night. Everybody cares about basketball, I guess. Like, I just say, suck it, LeBron. Actually. I've been I've been really actually very happy that the Cavs have been sucking their own asshole. Not in the last game, but hopefully tonight. I haven't checked the score yet. But I, I'm just such an old white lady now. I can't take pleasure in the Warriors winning anymore because they win too much. So I can only express joy in other people's failure. So I really want LeBron to suck his own dick. But what about Harden losing by 41 points? I that love give that. You pleasure? Yes, that gave me so much pleasure yeah. only because he looks like Sean Lamar. Your next comedian. <laughs> Everybody, anybody who knows who that is thinks that's funny. It's Stick around, Charlie Spain. Come on, it's Drew Harmon. Okay. Hey, everybody, your next comedian. I'm so excited he's here. He's going to tell jokes, and he's amazing. I can't believe we're going to say he's, he's a great comedian. We're going to hang out and listen to his jokes and then pay attention to be awesome. I can't imagine we'd have anything to add because he's so funny. Put your hands together for Drew Harmon. Thank you. Good to be here. I yeah, I, w- I was uh, driving around uh, trying to find a tra- uh, place to park for like 20 minutes. What the shit? Uh, that is like the the worst possible neighborhood to park in. Anyway, I am here. Good to be here. Uh, let's start off nice and light. Uh, my grandpa died. Yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah, people get sad when you say that your grandpa died, but I always feel like, isn't that kind of what grandpas are for? Like, no one becomes a grandpa and like, boy, I'm going to have 40 years of crushing this grandpa thing. Like, it's being a grandpa, like, that's kind of what a grandpa being a grandpa is about. Like, when you become a grandfather, first you, like, you read the kids some stories, then you teach them to fish, and then you teach the kid that life is short and meaningless, and we all end up in the ground. So... <laughs> So my grandfather had passed away, and like when you're going, when it, it's happened before, but then uh, like not not with this grandfather, like he didn't come back, and then uh, <laughs> and then become reincarnated. No, it was another grandfather passed away, but what uh, I've gotten to experience a couple of times now when grandparents go is that then you have to go through their stuff. And like grandparents in the modern era, when they go, then like, okay, they've got China and books and stuff like that. But then also my grandfather had a laptop and my grandmother has no idea how to use a laptop. So she just hands the laptop to me and like, you work in computers. Will you see if there's anything I need to know about on here? (laughs) And so I'm looking for it and I know my grandmother had meant, is there like passwords, banking information, investments, that kind of stuff. And he did have a little of that. And by little, I mean he had one page of a Word document that had all their passwords (laughs) for everything on it. So I just printed that out. But the rest of that computer the rest of that Toshiba was crammed full of porn (laughs) like like so much porn and you know what I gotta say he did not buy it he bit torrented all that porn (laughs) my grandfather figured out at eight in his 70s like I'm not paying for this shit I am gonna figure out how to get this for for real and he never like emailed me or anything like he would email me like how do I use Facebook but he crushed bit torrent to get porn (laughs) and so I'm kind of proud of that and I'm looking through it because like this, it's, I realize like this is kind of the last thing I have with my grandfather. This is the last moment. Like we had, we did go fishing together. We did have these experiences together. Like he taught me how to shoot pool and how to hustle pool. And so I have all these great stories. I'm like, well, I got to see what grandpa was into, I think. And, 
and I start going through, and it turns out Grandpa and I had a little bit in common. Uh, <laughs> there, there was, there was some uh, not just milf, but gilf porn that I, I on one hand I gotta say good for you grandpa for keeping an age appropriate on some of that but there was some stuff where it was like ooh good work grandpa and then like all of a sudden I find myself like jacking off to my grandfather's porn and every single time I'm like that one's for you grandpa yeah Although I'm glad I did not find, I didn't really look into it before my grandmother had me give the eulogy at his funeral because I'm glad I didn't look through all of it because it's, it would really color a eulogy for a man that you're, you just dug through 80 gigabytes of porn that he enjoyed and you're like, oh, you know, well, it's like grandpa always said, everyone, when you're feeling down, just remember his favorite words. You got to lick the butt before you eat the butt or fuck the butt. <laughs> I fucked that one up. But you know what? Lick, lick, eat, fuck, whatever you want to do with the butt, you got to be nice to it. So that's that one's for you, grandpa. <laughs> Uh, let's see. My uh, my wife is Filipino. Uh, that's a uh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, Filipino. Uh, and like I I went to uh, I never knew much about the Filipino culture. Like I went to Japan as an exchange student when I was thirteen. And if you want, like I I hate the term yellow fever. That like a white guy just like oh, so he's only into Asian chicks because also there's a lot of Asian women so it's just kind of inevitable like there's only so much on the menu eventually you're gonna find your way to that stuff but like if you want to get a kid to really be into Asian women send him to Japan when he's 13 and he'll come back but then also like I was I grew up in a small town in Michigan filled with white trash. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and like you can't grow up around white trash and like my mother would take me to the grocery store and you just see couples fighting over like if we get the name brand macaroni and cheese, we can't get our chewing tobacco. And like I think I'm going to not marry a white lady because they they seem like they yell a lot. So so I, I married a Filipino woman. And it's been a been a great experience for me to like experience this other culture because I knew nothing about Filipinos and my wife has been able to take me into this culture because her family, her parents grew up in Manila and then moved here. And so she'll teach me all these great things or she'll cook the food. Although I have gotten to learn that uh, Filipinos use hot dogs as breakfast food, which eh, that's not so good. But and like ketchup on, on, on spaghetti. Let's, uh, let's take it up a notch. But And Jollibee will give you diarrhea, no matter what you order on the menu. The chicken is delicious, but it will give you diarrhea. But we were, uh, my, my wife cooked this amazing Filipino meal recently and was telling me how her mother would cook it. And, they, and she made it right after they had gotten back from a trip to the Philippines as a family. And how that would really impacted her to see all that when she was 15 and meet her family. And then she said, by the way, uh, you've never told me what your family taught you about being white. And I said, my parents never taught me anything about being white other than mayonnaise and bologna is a delicious combination. Uh, she's not, they never taught me anything. And she says, wow, your, your dad never sat you down and told you how important it is to be white? I'm like, no, that's never happened. And I feel like if it did, we wouldn't be sitting here right now. <laughs> We'd be on very different ends of the spectrum, I feel like, politically, because that is just not, uh, that is, the, they never taught me anything about being white. And even when I asked my father about it later, like, why, what, do, what do I need to know about, like, being a white guy? And he's like, right now, just shut up. That's mostly, <laughs> that's mostly what you need to know.
I uh, I got a penis cake recently. I bought a penis cake, not because I'm a fat guy and I have to like take it up a notch <laughs> for food. I'm like, I, I love cake, but like, uh, normal cake's not enough anymore. I got to go crazy with cake. I, <laughs> I got a penis cake because it was a friend's birthday and he's a straight hetero white guy. I'm a straight hetero white guy. And I know that seems pretty bro-y to be like, I'm going to get him a penis cake. Uh, but I would argue that a bunch of straight guys sitting around eating a penis cake together, it just kind of brings us all together. So I, I call up the, uh, I, first of all, I realize there is a lot, there are a lot of places in San Francisco that help Yelp, that have Yelp reviews for making penis cakes. Uh, <laughs> there are people who have put in the work for like 3,000 word reviews are like, well, if you've read all my other reviews, you know I'm a connoisseur of penis cakes. And this place, if you're writing a Yelp review about a penis cake, just shut the internet down, cancel your Comcast, you're done. The internet's done, just get off of it. But I, I looked and I found a place that seemed like it was pretty cool. So I called them up and I said, hey, I'd like a dick cake. And the guy says, cool, uh, what color would you like? <laughs> I was not prepared for this. Their website did not go into this detail. So I said, well, what colors can you do? Uh, and he said, I, I have white, obviously. And I was going to default to white. But in these troubled political times, I think, no, I need to be more woke with my dick cake. So I, I went with, uh, he, he's like, I could do black. And I, I felt like that, that would be good. Let's do black. And he's like, well, now what size do you want? And I'd only budgeted for the small. And I felt terrible <laughs> ordering <laughs> a small black dick cake. So we, we landed on Latino. Uh, we landed on Latino and he's like, but here's, here's a problem is that uh, the Latino only really looks natural if we go with the uncut one. So I, and I'm like, all right, well, what else can we do? And then he said, what about a vagina cake? I'm like, oh, a vagina cake, that's pretty cool. Uh, what, do you have any pictures or anything? He says, well, the website, I can't put pictures on the website for obvious reasons, so let me email them to you. And I'm like, okay, I'm at work on a Tuesday morning. This seems like a good idea. Send them along. He, he had them like on his desktop, clearly, because they were in my inbox in a matter of seconds. And I opened it up and I realized that our cake technology has not developed to really capture the majestic beauty of the human vagina. Uh, it was it was kind of like a Georgia O'Keeffe painting that someone had put a firecracker in and just let it explode. Like if you remember the alien, the face hugger eggs the, in the alien movies, it was kind of like that, but then someone had drizzled some paint on it a little bit. It was not, it did not, it did not capture what I, what I know to be a beautiful thing. So I'm like, okay, let's move on. What else you got? And he said, how about a butt? cake. I'm like, okay, butt cake. Let's do that. And he said, I could do any color that we've discussed. And I went straight to Latino. Let's do a Latino ass. And then he hit me with another one I wasn't prepared for. He's like, what shape ass do you want? Because there's all sorts of shapes. Why don't you tell me what kind of shape you like? And this is like an intense question for a man. <laughs> like, I do I do I want to just like go just narrow? Do I want to not? Uh, I, what do I say here? And I thought I'm gonna just be honest. I'm gonna share a piece of me with this gentleman. And I got quiet for a second. I said, "How about Instagram fitness model?" And it got quiet for a second. And then real real coolly, the guy in the other line said. I got you, bro, just <laughs> super casually. And we discussed the price and when to pick it up. I went to pick it up and I got to say, he fucking nailed it. Uh, best $50 I ever spent. 
so beautiful. Uh, I have eaten ass before, but never in a way that I was so proud of. And like, and that dude, like, at some point, he was telling a high school guidance counselor, like, what do you, what do you, where do you want to go with your life? He's like, I want to be a baker, but I want to make cakes that can give people boners. And they're like, no, you need to, you need to be more focused. And he's like, no, I'm going to do this. And he did it, and he just got fifty dollars from me, and I, it was a glorious, glorious thing. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you guys very much. Um, I, is the, I, do I understand there's a critique section or we just chat or? Sure, sure. Yeah, it's a workshop. Wow. Drew Harmon, everyone. Yay! Drew Harmon. Yay! Uh, hey. Uh, so I only had, I just thought you were amazing and your, your grandpa did crush it because he lived for 40 years because you're 40, right? And he just died, so... I'm 39. Okay, so. so he almost crushed it for 40 years. Yeah. And the the whole grandpa laptop thing, it was a great setup. The whole story was engaging the whole way through. Who knew your grandpa was so cool? And <laughs> I feel like he's looking down at you, jacking off and being super proud of you. Just as super proud as you are of him. I think he's looking down going like, yeah, man. So that whole thing, though, was like the setup, the whole, the whole like arc of that three-minute story was just really great. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. One lesson that you said, like the lesson about like, this is when there's, was, you grow up and then you die, right? Yeah. And then if you do happen to live past a certain age, then that's teaching uh, you why you're supposed to die at a certain point. <laughs> like no one wants to, you look at those like those spindly like 95 year old dudes in their bed, like that's not what's supposed to be happening, yeah. right? Uh, you kind of, you kind of said it, but like. Kind of a good lead into that whole, like, it turns out, like, oh, my uncle, like, he really knew his way around porn. It's like, turns out he had one more lesson to teach you like, <laughs> from beyond the grave. Oh, yeah, nice. Right? Um, and then you're talking about, like, jerking it, and then, like, you just started singing some old-timey song when you came. Like, hello, my honey. Hello, my baby. Hello, my ragtime <laughs> girl. Uh, he was more of a Willie Nelson guy, but I, I, so, like, yeah, I, okay. like, I yeah. like the direction there, yeah. Yeah. Um, you could have also... Thinking about, thought about opting for a green dick because the Avengers are trending. You could have gotten like the Hulk's dick. Um, oh, okay. I don't know. Just a thought. I, I wrote down Asian dick cake, but then I realized you probably shouldn't say uh, yellow colored dick. And I think that's probably going to end up sounding pretty <laughs> racist. Um, yeah. And Maybe then if I make sure they're aware, I have a Filipino wife. Like it's okay if I yeah. say <laughs> racist things. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then I guess for a, like a question you like had asked at some point is like, so do I have to get chocolate if I'm getting an ass cake? Like <laughs> something like, I don't know. Just thoughts. Nice. Yeah. I like all that. Yeah. Brilliant stuff. Uh, on the same line as the Asian cake, I think you just mentioned <laughs> that it's yellow cake and they only yeah. make it in cupcakes because of a size thing. Okay. And it's just a little suggestion because hey. the, the penis size. Ding. Uh, ding. Uh, but in addition to that, I uh, love the grandpa story. It was oh, actually pretty you. endearing other than just being funny. Yeah. And uh, really appreciate every part of that. I think you mentioned how maybe some of the fetishes skip a generation. <laughs> so you get those from him, and then you know, now you're wondering, well, what's my son slash dad into? You yeah. Know, about what's your old man's wanking into? Okay. So uh, Nice. I like that. I like that a lot. Phenomenal yeah. stuff is really, really good. Cool. Thank you. Super funny. Any other comments? Clap your hands wildly for Drew Harmon. Yay! Yay!
mic drop and craziness. Yeah. This has been the Joke Workshop, everybody. Uh, thank you so much, everyone, for coming and participating and listening to each other's jokes. I think this was a really great one. Thanks for donating. Those who donate the $5, I've got these incredible treats back here. Uh, you get one of those. Those are exciting. Come to all of our open mics. We have them on Thursday and Friday and Monday and Sunday, and it's really good times. And uh, hey, everybody, uh, other open mics tonight are Mission Hill Saloon and Edinburgh Castle, followed up by the Hemlock. So go out there and do some comedy, everyone. Thanks, everybody, who's here tonight. Bye-bye. Swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shitface McRat. <laughs> Hey everybody, listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. brings you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Run! 
Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.Evan. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. (laughs) Well, hello, boys and girls. You know what a password is. That's a secret word that soldiers would use to get past the sentry and up to the front. Well, here's a password that gets you up to the front in all the right places. It's cannabis energy. It seems the faster you go, the more cannabis energy you need. So if you want to win, you have to have lots of cannabis energy. And the swellest way I know to get it is just by using Green Army Skincare. Boy, they're just crammed full of cannabis energy. There are more cannabis energy units in one lip balm tube than you use circling the base 10 times or when you ride your bike four miles across the city. And it's fast acting. Why, no sooner that you apply some balm to your mouth or pain areas, you practically feel the new strength in your muscles. And what's more, Green Army Skincare is a good, wholesome product. They're made with body-nourishing cannabis and other natural ingredients. So go out there today and pick up some Green Army Skincare products from your local cannabis procurement center. Join thegreenarmy.com. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to invite you down to Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco at 806 South Van Ness. Uh, we've got great food by our kitchen counter offer, burgers, tater tots, tachos, corn dogs, all sorts of good stuff like that. They're open from opening until 11 p.m. most days of the week, except Saturday. Every Saturday night, we've got live rock and roll, some of the best local bands in San Francisco, and touring acts as well. Come on down, 10 p.m., rock and roll, only night of the week. We have a $5 cover charge, always 5 bucks for live rock and roll. We're open from 4 p.m. until 2 a.m., Monday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 2 to 2. Come on down, have some drinks with us. We've got Whiskey Wednesday, Tequila Tuesday, and we've always got the Steve McQueen special. Shot a bullet bourbon and a can of California lager for 8 bucks. Come down and enjoy our patio. It's open uh, in the afternoon, not really in the evening, but a lot of good folks hanging out back there. Come on down, give us a shout. Drop by the bar, make some friends. Thanks, folks. Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District, San Francisco, California. 
with a happy hour every Monday through Friday until 7 p.m. Don't miss it. Go to Bender's Bar. Big supporter of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018. Oh, yeah. It goes down. Come smoke with your boy. Grinder. Spark is San Francisco's premier cannabis dispensary with a focus on serving and educating patients for seven years. Spark is dedicated to creating the best in-store experience with its extensive menu, friendly staff, and one of the few cannabis vape lounges in San Francisco. Spark welcomes you to visit its two great locations as a medical patient or for recreational adult use in 2018. Spark is located at 1256 Mission Street between 8th and 9th and at 473 Haight Street at Fillmore. Both locations are open until 10 p.m. every night. Spark staff looks forward to serving you. Coming at these bitches and all these snitches hitting switches going back to riches. Rainbow Grocery, a worker-owned and operated food cooperative located at 1745 Folsom Street in the Mission District of San Francisco. Let's hear what locals have to say about Rainbow Grocery. Their bulk section is dope AF. I love their their variety of cheese and home decor items uh, and this of unique items that you can't find anywhere else. Their cheese section is insane. I love Rainbow Grocery because it's the number one grocery store to shop at when you're having a potluck and need to fulfill everyone's dietary needs. They don't have meat. Rainbow Grocery Cooperative, an amazing San Francisco staple since 1975. For all your space chicken sci-fi comedy non-political humor needs, go to timstesseract.com. Read fiction about the future of San Francisco after the water wars of 2121 in Jane 6. Ask a Jedi for important life hacks. Eat flesh with the bare exoskeleton Contessa. And check your horror horoscope on Horoscopia. Updated every three parsecs. Timstesseract.com Timstesseract.com So you want to be a comic? It's not as easy as we make it look. But that's because Mutiny Radio has eight hours a week of open mic stage time for all your comedy workout needs. Strain those improv muscles every Sunday from four to six at Getting Sketchy with David Stolowitz. Press out those new jokes every Monday, 6 to 8, on Joke Workshop with four-minute sets and four-minute critiques from everyone. Get positive by host Pam Benjamin. Pump those dick jokes every Thursday, 7 to 9, with True Hustle Thursdays. Hashtag THC. That's hashtag THCT. 
You want more open mics? Fridays, 6 to 8. Happy hour with guest host and George D. Smith. Pew, pew, pew. Four open mics every week at Mutiny Radio, brother. work and take a seat at Asiento, a great place to meet friends, have delicious tapas and drinks, and relax with your neighbors. Located at Bryant and 21st Street in the Deep Mission, Kitty Corner Block from Mutiny Radio. Come and get a drink during the comedy festival and enjoy happy hour pricing all night long with your festival ticket. A great neighborhood bar. Come take a seat at Asiento. The Roxy Theater is San Francisco's favorite nonprofit art house cinema, bringing you the best, coolest, weirdest, most thought provoking movies of the past, present, and future. Hands down, there is no better way to get your film fix than at this legendary historic theater. Visit www.roxy.com. That's www.roxie.com today for showtimes and tickets. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Hey, everybody. We are hanging out at Spark. This is the Sparkast. Today is May 1st. It's May Day, everyone. Yay. We're at Spark here on 8th and Mission. Hanging out for the Sparcast. We're going to get started. We have some really great guests tonight. We have Coral Best out of San Jose. We have Kakuna Kalista Sinclair and Warhol Kaufman all hanging out tonight. We're going to be doing some great highlights here on the Sparcast. We're going to be doing some story time from our guests, some highlight story time. We'll be doing a great product highlight tonight. We're talking about edibles tonight. Absolutely, we're going to be doing comedy highlights. We have a bunch of comedians with us. And we'll have our interactive game. Today, it's called You Put Your Weed in There. I'm going to ask the audience what their favorite foods are, and then I'm going to tell them how to put weed in there. Because I've been working with marijuana since 1993. My first weed recipe was published in the Koala, UC San Diego publication. So... Some of you listening to this podcast weren't even alive then in 93, but we did all the work for you kids so that now you can be uh, loving this recreational weed here at Spark, this amazing flowers and edibles and concentrates and vape pens and all the beautiful things that help us with perspective in our lives. Uh, Please enjoy the dulcet tones of the beauty and wonderment of the Spark Vape Lounge, how cool it is and chill. And we're gonna be back in just a second with the the, the Sparkast here on Mutiny Radio. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. Again, great guests tonight. We're gonna get started in just a minute. Thanks, big thanks to Spark. Go visit him. We're gonna talk about edibles today. Great edibles down here. Everything from gummies to cookies to nuts. Talk about nuts tonight. Uh, all right, enjoy. We're going to be back in just a second with the Sparkast. Hey, 
Like, I've been to Amsterdam, and there were bombs. It was crazy, though. Like, we went into this American um, coffee shop, and they had all these bombs, and they took them out, and they, like, wiped them with, like, um, alcohol before, and we all smoked it. It was like, yeah, here. Like, is, it, is this your preferred way, the vape? Yeah. It is, because it helps raise because you don't want it that, but didn't didn't it used to be that you couldn't get high unless you cough unless you cough really hard? Like that's what I was taught in high school. It was like if you don't cough really hard, you aren't really getting high. Does like isn't that? But you really got like, once you finally cough, you're like okay, wait now I'm high. Like now. Or maybe just bam on me if you make you cough. Uh, so the way that this podcast works is uh, that we, we have a bunch of different highlights. <laughs> uh, we have story highlights, we have product highlights, we have Canadian joke highlights, we have game highlights. Do you want to start with your story? Sure. Sure. Okay, so we're going to start with a story highlight uh, and a story from our, our first comedian, Coral Best, all the way from San Jose. Hey, everybody. Coral Best. My name is Coral Best, you guys, in case you thought you misheard that. Uh, a lot of people miss hear me and they're like, what was your name, Oral? I caught the last part on that. Is your name Oral? No, it's Coral. Put a C on it. Without the C, my full name is Oral Best. It's a lot of promises, okay? Let's say I go down on you, now I have to be the best you've ever had. I'm a stoner, like, least amount of effort possible. Hopefully you both get off. Um, so this happened to me about a year ago, and I thought it would be appropriate to share in a place like this where I might get some, uh, um, you guys might relate to a situation like this. Uh, I went to a party a year ago, and there was a lot of people there, and I was having a good time, but I had some stink ass breath, and I found these breath mints in the bedroom, and I wasn't gonna tell anyone, I'm just gonna take a breath mint or two, you know, no big deal. I take a couple of these breath mints. Cut to about an hour later, I'm starting to lose my mind. <laughs> um, like, I'm not feeling well, and I started projectile vomiting. Aww. I was like, what's going on? So I call over the guy whose house it is, and I was like, hey, um, I don't feel good. Like, really not well. What's going on? And he looks at me, and he's like, well, what did you take today? And I was like, absolutely nothing other than some breath mints. And his eyes already said so much. that <laughs> he was like, what breath mints are you referring to? So I took him to the bedroom and I put out the breath mints and he held it in his hands and he looks at me and he's staring like deep into my soul. And he's like, how much of this did you take today? And I was like, fuck. This is not gonna go well for me, is it? So I told him, you know, honestly, I think I took like 10 to 15. It was like, you know, drops, you guys. It was just like, it wasn't that minty for some reason. It wasn't that minty, so I was like, well, so he looks at me, and we're sharing this moment, right? And he goes, Coral, I don't want to freak you out or anything, but this is acid. And I was like, oh, yeah. My mind exploded. My, he, he confirmed my worst nightmare. So of course I was like, holy shit, this was an hour into it, right? I'm like, how much acid did I take? He looks at the bottle, and he's like, don't be alarmed. But you're on anywhere between 20 to 60 hits of acid. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I feel like I should have gotten a round of applause the second that happened to me. Um, just
too. Like, I'm somewhere deep into the double digits. No. I fucked up. They call that, by the way, a heroic dose. I didn't know until I took a heroic dose. Most people want to know when they're doing a heroic anything. I just want you to realize. Um, so pretty much, I ended up getting taken to my parents' house, and my mom was coming home, and I was like, well, how do I bring this up? Just be cool. Be cool, okay? Just be cool. Um, but I was just trying to start a trip more and more, and the second she walks in, I just go, Mom, I'm on a ton of acid right now. I'm on so much acid, I don't know. And my mom has heard me, and she thought I was telling her that I'm fucking around with drugs, and she's like, you can't live here. Get the fuck out of the house. And it was just, my trip was already not ideal, so I was just like talking to somebody in my head, and I'm like, I can't have her here, get her out. Get her out, like I have secret service. Um, I wanted to go to the emergency room because I knew shit was about to go bad, but the car was giving me the worst vibes. I couldn't get into it. I wanted to, I did. Um, thankfully, I only tripped for about 24 hours. Uh, there was a lot of yelling on my parents' cul-de-sac, but ultimately I was okay. Um, and I do have to say that yes, it was the worst day of my life because I involuntarily tripped on 40 hits of acid, but I look back and it's also the best day of my life because now every day I wake up, I'm just like, Wow, it is a beautiful day to not be on 60 hits. <laughs> oh so happy to be here. Thank you, everybody. Yeah. 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 Coral best, everybody. Yes. Wow, lessons learned. Didn't even know. Like when I took a fentanyl patch for the first time in 2006, I knew exactly what it was. <laughs> I was like, that's a fentanyl patch. It's okay, my ex-father-in-law died and he, on his deathbed, he willed me all of his drugs. I actually got 59 Marinol. Does anybody remember Marinol? Remember when weed was dumb and pharmaceutical companies thought like, we can make this so small. Marinol. It's a, it's a pharmaceutical grade THC that was developed for people with like cancer and stuff. And it is great, it's a little orange pill, but it is, like why would we make something fake when we have the real thing? Like I just didn't even understand why that would be a Because people feel safe for men and men. People feel safer when the doctor prescribes, but now your doctor can prescribe, we can all prescribe ourselves. Yay! Well today's focus of this sparkcast is on edibles. So. Uh, does everybody out here, you guys, you guys into edibles? Yeah. Like the THC, turn into the THCV in your liver? You like that different THC cannabinoid that only happens when you eat it? Love it! I'm learning. Hell yeah. How to read the internet, we got that. Uh, we should do, we can, let's do another story highlight. We have a really special guest tonight all the way from Illinois. Uh, he, he has ocular de de degeneration. I think that means he gets to, actually, you don't even have to go anywhere. I'll just give you the microphone if you want yeah. to sit, unless you want to stand. Wait, I'll you just want to stand. walk all the way well, I'll just stand table. and just won't trip you over a stand stage. right there, yeah. yeah why not? Hey, everybody, he's all the way from Illinois. His name is yeah. Matt Stein. Give it up for him. Yay! My story this time unusually doesn't involve acid, <laughs> but it does allow for a good kaleidoscope brain. Mine is more or less an apology story about weed, because I have a bunch of buddies that blow, blow glass, like my buddy Goro Scientific out of Colorado, and that, and like, where can anything go wrong except for when you bring a blind man into a glass shop to do dabs? <laughs> And the thing is, that's where like real moments of truth come out, and how much can you trust this person? And uh, 
Because, like, you know, a little dab will do you, a big dab will do you, too. <laughs> so you don't need to know who's hitting you out. But uh, we were in my buddy's glass shop, and he's like, Steinberg, get your set up here. You know? And I'm like, okay. And he's like, I get that you can smoke some weed. You also aren't going to be driving anywhere, so it's not a big deal. <laughs> and so as we start to get going here, and I just hear torches getting lit up. <laughs> I started having like a flash to like probably what that Asian chick had in Hostel. Where I was like, this doesn't seem safe at all. <laughs> you know, but as you feel like molten glass get hotter eight inches from your face, you're like, yeah, this should be a good idea. And then they start hitting me with my dab and all I hear is my six buddies going, keep going, keep going. Meanwhile, in my mind, I can hear this shit fucking spiraling around the nail. And I'm like, they just dropped a snake on me. This is not going to be pretty. But I'm from the Midwest to where it's like, you don't just blow out smoke because then you're wasting it. And yeah, have you guys ever blacked out after a dab because you refuse to stop coughing? I have. And you know what that does? A lot of damage in a glass shop. <laughs> Yeah, a blind dude blacked out in a glass shop coughing. Yeah, that's thousands of dollars worth of shit being broken. I felt more bad breaking stuff in his, like, shop than I ever did on any one of my friend's couches when I blacked out drunk and pissed on. That's for sure. But, you know, that's what dads will do to you. So, mind your vapes, know your temps, smoke what you can when you're with the people you trust. And that's my weed story. So yeah, just don't ever take a blind guy into a glass shop to do that. Yay! Blindstone, that's on yay! Yay! It's a special lesson.